This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shouldn't you be at work? It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal! From Lord Pohino! Still it's not away. Southgate shot. Milosevic scores! Now you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, Welcome to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? And we have a bonus episode for you today. And I know what you're thinking. Where's the quiz episode? Well, look, it is recorded. It will be out very, very soon. But this week, we'll be dropping onto the feed a couple of excerpts from bonus episodes that are dropping on the Quickly Kevin fan club right now. We've got a book called Private Lives, in which 22 up-and-coming footballers from 1989 are asked a whole range of bizarre questions. What would you do for a day if you were invisible? Who's your least favourite comedian? Which pop star would you most like to be? It's an incredible read. Features the likes of Paul Ince, David Seaman, Paul Gascoigne, Teddy Sheringham. And joining Josh and I on this special episode, we've got Ivo Graham. So what you'll hear now is a little excerpt from the bonus episode that has now dropped on the Quickly Kevin Fan Club. Private Lives Part 1. Part 2 will be out later this week. If you want to get... The full version of this episode and every other episode we've done on the Quickly Kevin Fan Club, you can sign up at anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin or on your Apple Podcast app and get all the Quickly Kevin Fan Club episodes. And don't forget, if you want a ticket to the one Quickly Kevin live show of the year back in London after what might be five or six years, we'll be playing the London Palladium on Thursday, the 16th of May, 2024. If you want tickets, just Google London Palladium, quickly, Kevin, and we'll see you there. All right, enough talk. Here it comes. Part one 
of Private Lives with Ivo Graham. Little excerpt, if you want the full episode, you know what to do. Guess who's back in town? It's Josh Whittacombe. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And joining him as guest, quickly Kevin Royalty. And let's face it, he's probably got some aristocracy in his blood. It's Ivo Graham. Yes, we had quite a serious conversation this Christmas about taking down some of the family portraits. They are beautiful <laughs> pictures, but, you know, they're, they're, they're from the 19th century and we just don't know who those people are. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I'd say I've actually got more royalty in my blood than Ivo. Of course. Of course. Yeah, I'm a descendant of Henry VIII. So it's quite offensive that just because I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, <laughs> I see the kind of the graph of, you know, my family as descending from Henry VIII. But I'm hoping that we've bottomed out and now I'm slowly turning it into a return to royalty in 500 years' time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's lovely. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm passing you on the way down. <laughs> Multiple generations doing their absolute best in the financial services for me to, no disrespect, occasionally fucking co-host a football podcast. <laughs> There'll be no debate in 200 years about whether they take down the painting of Ivo Gray recording a 90s football podcast. <laughs> Um, it's an absolute honour to be here. I'm grateful both for my family's past, but also my own present opportunities. <laughs> Before we start, I feel like we need to address that there's a 90s elephant in the room. Chris and me have very different views to Ivo on the Gareth Southgate play. Yeah. Oh, let's get into it. How have we not talked about this? So for people that don't know, uh, and it's closed now, but... Joseph Fiennes has been playing Gareth Southgate on stage in the West End, which, if you didn't know, that sounds fucking insane. Mad. <laughs> well, also, I don't know. I, I've, I've, you know I'm sure it's been a very uh, very glittering career for Joseph Fiennes in the intervening time, but I've watched Joseph Fiennes in two things, about 20 years apart, I'm playing William Shakespeare and Gareth Southgate. <laughs> and, you know, they are the two most important <laughs> two Englishmen of all time. Two hugely important Englishmen. Both will end up buried at Westminster Abbey. <laughs> well, it, it will if this, uh, you know, players anything to go by. First question, just as a side, it focuses on Gareth Southgate's time as England manager. Would you go and watch a sequel if it was just about his time at Aston Villa under under Brian Little? <laughs> the prequel, <laughs> the prequel. Yeah, sorry, the prequel. Dear Holt End. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> a little bit of showboating from me there. I can name individual yeah. stands of many a Premier League club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, I mean, well, no, the, the answer is no, of course, Josh, although I, I would respect um, the dedication from my namesake, but not relative, the playwright James Graham. Yes. It would certainly be the deepest dive I think he'd ever done. And actually, that's... Slightly my issue is it's 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 both, you know, impressively and gratifyingly for me and you and Chris and, and the, the audience of football fans and 90s and Stradlers, it is quite funny that there is a play that you can go and see uh, about, which just is it's like watching the Beckham documentary, essentially. Um, so, it, it, you know, it is niche. I went with a friend who came out going, oh, I didn't realise it was just going to be so much football. 
<laughs> what did they <laughs> what expect? Did it was relentless. But I also think that... Sorry, can I just ask you about that? What is the play about Gareth Southgate that has almost no focus on his football? Waistcoats. Do you think they wanted more on the kind of... Um, emotional aspects. Racism. Of right. Uh, sit stuff, which there was a good amount on. Yeah. No, no, it was a two and a half hour play and we, and we got a full overview of the uh, both Gareth Southgate's reign and the cultural and political events surrounding it. What my friend Alethea um, was not not expecting, I think, was for just so many like... Is Alethea's ki- portrait on the... Uh, <laughs> on the <program>? <laughs> 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 um, uh, I've said the name knowing full well that y- you'll enjoy it. I've not accidentally stumbled into that, may I say. And she typically shortens it, as you might have done the play. Um, th- whenever the, a player leaves a scene, they sort of do a, an air kick to be like, yeah, I'm a footballer. I, 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 I thought that was a bit unnecessary. <laughs> You've never hung out with a footballer, have you? That's what they do. <laughs> never been in the room when a footballer leaves it. <laughs> um, well, well, in that case, I, 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 <laughs> you're showing your own naivety here, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> I've always met many footballers, but without realising it, Ivo's always been the one who who enters and leaves the situation. <laughs> Patrick Bamford has never done that, I swear. Or Graham Lasso. Trying to go through all the, all the poshest ones. Well, I mean, obviously, you have spent a lot of time investigating what goes on behind the scenes in dressing rooms, of, of football teams, etc. Would you say the banter in the play was comparative to the sort of, you know, they're trying to show that there's a fractious atmosphere, that there are club factions, you know, that, that, that they don't really relish the chance to come out and hang out and play for free for England. But, you know, they're, they're, the sort of banter, it's quite an extended riff about, how Jordan Pickford and Jordan Henderson were both from Sunderland and do you have to be called Jordan to come from Sunderland? I was like, yeah, get, let's get through this bit, whatever this is. <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> let's get back to uh, the sort of sort of quite hammy impression of Sven Goran Eriksson, which I imagine they've had to be changed for the last few days of the run. <laughs> I just never thought I'd be sat in the theatre saying, that Alex Scott impression is fucking brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, you get uh, you, you get you get Scott. You get a lot of Alex Scott. I thought she was incredible. I thought she, I, you know, when someone does an impression and you don't realise someone's mannerisms until the impression's done of them. If that makes yeah. sense, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, thought, Josh, I, I listened to I Josh thought, just a few days on a different podcast talking about your anxiety about sending a DM to Alex Scott. So I can't help but yes. feel that maybe you just seeing a very good impression of her in a play might, you know, it, uh, it might be working on all sorts of levels, really. <laughs> Um, I thought one of the best impressions is, I think, maybe the first impression, which is Big Sam, because he is a living caricature. Yeah. When you see that on the stage, I can't believe I'm saying these words, when you see Big Sam on the stage in the West End, yeah. like a version of him, I thought was, that was really good. And, you was hit, good. and yeah, that's pretty much the first thing you see is Big Sam getting sacked. Obviously, you know, get your bingo card out, 100% record, uh, pint of wine. You know, it's, it's all there. It, it does not shy away from catchphrases and obvious, you know, including like uh, Liz Truss comes out at the end for just like literally to be like, let's have let's have a quick laugh about how short Liz Truss's reign was. She's not even compared to Sam Allardyce. I think that would have been quite a nice touch. Yeah. That's an obvious yeah. open goal. But not for That's me nice. to, you know, rewrite this, this, this play. Yeah. 
the manager of Panama. That, he gets a huge amount, doesn't he? You texted me about that yesterday. Yeah, I, I thought it was very odd. It. But, um, and I forgot that Panama got a goal back. That's the sort of weird thing about what you're watching the play, but you're also going, oh yeah, Panama scored a consolation. You, you are getting technical. <laughs> which, I don't think, think Alethea was, was reminiscing on, on quite such a deep level. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you love Gareth Southgate from this play or generally? Did, it, I, I, if, did you not think that Gareth Southgate is presented as a, a bit of a pathetic figure? That like he's, he's seen as a bit of a wally throughout. He, there isn't really a redemption think? arc. I didn't think there was a massive redemption arc. He's just constantly, I don't know, a bit weedy and a bit finds plays him. I don't know. He doesn't. He, he doesn't come across as the hero of the story. I didn't think. Who's the hero what? of the story? Of the, I don't the know. Panama manager. I think because England don't win anything, I hate to give away the ending, that it's kind of, there isn't, he struggled to find an ending. And he landed on, well, he was there to help everyone else miss penalties. Actually, I think I think the story is is greater for England not winning anything. Oh, <laughs> okay, explain. Wow. Explain. <laughs> what would they, I, I, listen, they'd be saying online that you've been blue-pilled or red-pilled, but I, can't, I, can't, I can never work out which one's, which one's the right one for the context. But, I mean... I sort of agree with you. I think, I think the story of Gareth Southgate is greater for the fact that we haven't won the World Cup. Um, no, <laughs> that is that is an insane opinion. I, no, because he's meant think, to repair the the loss, yeah, isn't it? No, no. I think it's about more than that, isn't it? It's about the way a nation perceives itself in terms of sport in terms of what they think it is that defines English football. And I think, I don't think um, winning World Cups necessarily is central to uh, narratives of great teams. 
Brazil 1982. I'm not saying England are the same team, but I'm saying the stories of teams exist beyond whether or not they've just won a World Cup. And that's the whole thing is about, it's not just about win, win, win. It's about the kind of wider context of it and what it means to to kind of go on that journey. And so if we just won the World Cup, it's distilled down to it, and then we just won the World Cup. Well, listen, I'm seeing Brazil 82 at the Noel Coward next week, so I'll, I'll <laughs> let you know uh, how that compares. Hungry 54. <laughs> um, I suppose... The so- great Danish team yeah. of the 80s. <laughs> The play makes a big thing of how it's got a three-act structure and how is this? I mean, I'm I'm very intrigued to know just to talk about how much of everything was 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 true. Um, I also don't want to delay us getting to our main subject, but it yeah. says that Gareth Southgate was put in charge on an interim basis ahead of the 2018 World Cup post Allardyce, and that one of yeah, the first true, thing, first things he did was he said to the players, "No pressure in this World Cup." We've got a count. We've literally got a countdown. He sets a countdown timer to Qatar, and he says we're going to win Qatar in four years. And so the play presents it as a, like a three act structure of World Cup twenty eighteen, Euro twenty twenty, and twenty one, and uh, and then World Cup twenty two in Qatar. And obviously, you nudge closer from one to two, and then three. It's like oh, uh, went out in the quarterfinals, and um, so that's a bit of a shame. But uh, Gareth's still there. And we, we're feeling very positive still. And then we just sing Sweet Caroline at the end and the players dance, which I, I, yeah, I, 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 I didn't love that. But standing ovation. Standing out. I, I more or less started it. I more or less started it because do you know why I started it? <laughs> I more it? or less started it. But in a way, I felt like the standing ovation was a mistake because that's not that undermines the narrative like winning a World Cup. You don't need the standing ovation. That's that's the whole point, Ivo. Interesting. It's, it's another fantastic it's, contrarian it's, point from Josh. Th- this is some of the most spectacular post-rationalisations of England's failures I've ever heard. When you say, Josh, that you started the standing ovation, do you mean that you and your row during the first penalty shootout scene were stood with your arms around each other like you two? <laughs> <laughs> I thought the stuff on penalties was absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I thought that was brilliantly done. Which bit? I thought the bit where the guy is like, this is exactly what it's about. The the guy's like, you've got to take longer to take your penalty. And Dervla Kerwin from Ballykiss Angel is saying... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where she's from. It's not about the length of time you take a penalty. It's about the other things you do that means that you take the length of time to take the penalty. It's not, do you know what I mean? It's it's more than that. It's what's going on inside your head. I thought it was all, I thought all the penalty stuff was genuinely very, very interesting. Chris, have you seen it? Yes. Chris loved it. I did. I don't know if I loved it. Chris, I can find some of the texts you sent me <laughs> before you, before Ivo's criticisms. It's a fun question. This isn't a criticism, just a, 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 of all the penalties that you could show that England have missed in the last but let's say since Euro 96 or even further back, one of them gets shown real like high def long. And it was, it was yeah. a play where you did see stuff on the screens occasionally, but so intermittently that yeah. you thought, have they sort of just not really decided how much they want to use this? Or are there sort of one of those things where like there are rights reasons 
why they can show something. I think something, there must be clearance issues. I think you yeah. must have to pay for stuff. The pivotal Otherwise, penalty use loads of, of England in the last 40 years. Is it Southgate himself? Well, obviously, that is part of the play. Uh, so that is in there. Is it, is, it, is it Waddle? Is it Batty, of course, of this, of this parish? Um, no, it's Jamie Carragher in either 2004 or 2006, one of the Portugal 2006. ones. 2006. And Carragher... Who we so we watch in full Carragher take his penalty very well, but and I'd forgotten this too fast. So it's P. It, he has yeah. to take it again, which you, you know not ideal. And that's then the start of this point about how you know. I think that's fascinating that they've chosen that because they haven't gone for the iconic penalty. But let me just leave you with a fact because I know you you want you're all about gongs and victories, and <laughs> not not the wider. Gareth Southgate remains by far the most successful England manager outside of Alf Ramsey by a distance. Um, and when Gareth Southgate leaves, I cannot wait for everyone to realise that they didn't realise quite how good they had it. Yeah, oh, I think that's. I think. Listen, I I love Gareth Southgate, and I thought I really enjoyed Joseph Fine's portrayal of him. That was that was that was always good for me, and lots of the stuff around it was fun, and lots of it just I found a bit weird. And the previous England managers he was compared to, with some fabulous impressions, as I say, were uh, Graham Taylor. Got loads of Graham Taylor, Sven Goran Eriksson, who you know, all joking aside, thoughts are with. Um, and and then Fabio Capello, where we it really hammed up the. Uh, the sort of Fabio Capello, but no Roy. Yeah, no. I thought we. No. I thought we'd have. A I, I thought that Roy. was a shame because he's probably the one, the, the easiest guy to do an impression of out of all yes. of the England managers ever, and the least racist. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's he's the biggest failure as England manager, I'd say. Yeah, I'm delighted to have spoken to you about it on here because I've I've sat with these thoughts in my head. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, it's finished now, isn't it? At the West End. I was going to say. I was going to say, go yeah. see it. But um, well, I, I would say as well like, when I went to see it, broadcast in a cinema, um, and it is. Yeah, it's you know, it's a great. There's a bit where they project onto the back screen. They're quite sparse with the back screen a lot of the time, and then they're talking about all of England's failures, and they project like a wall chart of every tournament, and they move through them really quickly. <laughs> I was sat there being like. I'd love to spend a bit more time with these wall charts. Just being reminded of non-England <laughs> games in the in the second round. <laughs> I can't find Skull's messages, but he was effusive. I was effusive. I did enjoy it. I, 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 you I, loved it. It was it was enjoyable. It's the perfect being married. Being married to a th- theatre producer is the perfect marriage of a subject matter I'm really interested in, but in the context of a theatre, so the wife can, <laughs> yeah, yeah, can yeah. deconstruct it. And what were your wife's thoughts? Did she say it? Uh, she cried. She thought it was really emotional, really well written. I thought James Graham probably isn't a football fan. It felt a bit, I don't know, like, you know when you're in a pub talking to someone about football and you get the sense that they don't really know about football. It had a bit of that about it. Oh, I don't know. I, I think... As we've established over the last eight years, the fictionalisation of football is almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And also there's a lot of pretending to kick footballs that aren't there, which never looks good, just to go back to one of Ivo's earlier points. And I will reiterate what I texted you, Josh, which is that if you want to be really moved by Gareth Southgate's journey and what he brought to the team and you don't have an evening and 80 quid, uh, just watch the montage of um, the penalties... On uh, against Colombia, that with the with the England by the national soundtracking yeah. it, the greatest football montage of all time. That will do the job. Do you think fine. that's better than the one where England beat Germany and 
uh, when we beat Germany at Wembley. The montage after that was oh, fucking incredible. Two incredible montages there. Yeah. It's a fine art. Can I say one final thing on that? Is that, Ivo, when you leave a room now, <laughs> I feel you should mind putting the mic back in the stand. <laughs> <laughs> can, do I, can I ever drop it? Invoice me for the microphone. There you go. That was Private Lives Part 1. Part 2 will be dropping on the Queerly Kevin Fan Club on Thursday. Once again, if you want the full episode, you can join the Quickly Kevin Fan Club and get access to all the bonus episodes we've done. And there's plenty more bonus episodes coming this month after these two parts of Private Lives. So if you want to sign up, head to anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin or look on your Apple Podcast app. We'll see you on Thursday for more Private Lives. <laughs>